generation is the only they've got to put a stop to it and the only way they can do that is vote you've got to vote these people out of office is that the only way they can do this ollie well, they can work on it spiritually, but if they want to manifest something in November of this year, they can go <laughs> vote. We're out of time. Carl, the man with the future in his hands, is holding up a sign that says no more time. All right, I'm going to go hug Ollie. You guys, uh, uh, Mike Perini's coming up, Pandora's Lunchbox, and we have the mad master of madness coming up after that, Mr. Arwolf. Thanks for listening. You'll be stuck with me next week. Please remember, we are all related. A box of chocolates Would I know To stay away What's that Hand off his box A box of chocolates Would I eat Them anyway Cause Every time I have Half a mind to leave you Babe That means I have Half a mind to stay Good evening, it's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Hi, this is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and will continue to be for at least a half hour. Now, I want to start actually, oddly enough, by telling you what's coming up next week, because this week we're going to talk to a wonderful lady, Sylvia Nolasco-Rivers, who is the head of Pilar's Catering and has now opened Pilar's Cafe on State Street in Ann Arbor with some Salvadoran food. Um... Pilar's food has been available on street corners and in grocery freezers around town. And after many years, at last, there is a cafe serving the same food, the tamales, the pupusas. And we're going to talk to her next week. It was going to be this week, but it didn't turn out that way. Still, the good news is I've got an entire show about coconuts. I've got a lovely entire show about coconuts, in fact, and because it's just kind of hot in the studio here. And it's it's almost warm enough outside, even though we're supposed to get freezing temperatures tonight never mind all that it's getting warmer and warmer it's really great it is michigan it's crazy but nonetheless coconuts okay i'd like you all to take a moment to sing along to the following song this is i've got a lovely bunch of coconuts if you're in a car i want you to roll the windows down and sing it at the top of your lungs if you're in the kitchen crank it and sing it as as loud as you can carrying sharp instruments dancing around if possible and oh by the way it's in swedish Hade vi just i gutedag Huddingexpressen De i lilla som plattrig kommer fram Men och följde lite ut i handen Sin Var är han nu då pojken? Jag ser det kommer han ju Far, jag kan inte få upp min kokosnö Alla sätt jag prövat har varit fel Med min lilla yxa Högg jag tills jag blev stel Bordet fick hack och golvet sprack Men nöten den är hel Far jag kan inte få upp min kokosnö Nej inte till ens med hammare och spik Hammare och spik har du Var vägg nu har Små märken här och var Det är bara kokosnöten som vi säljer 
Är det bara Det är Allt det andra verkar mera kalabalik Säg, minns du flygelfar? Jaha bort den är du rar mm. För det är bara kokosnöten som är lik Där hemma Far, jag kan inte få upp min kokosnöt mm. Fast jag försökt att krossa mot en dörr Krossa har du Till hur jag nu tänkte så måste jag ha tänkt fel För dörren gick upp och mamma kom in Men nöten den är hel Far, jag kan inte få upp min kokosnöt Trots att den gav min mor en ny mimi Tack ska du ha, det var snett <laughs> Nej, du händer ser så tror jag att du ler För det är bara nöten som är det liv Vinnar du ansatt i fallet? Jag ger bara kokosnöten som är det liv Allt det andra verkar illa jordmosaik Mammas nos blev grann och hakorna försvann Det är bara kokosnöten som är det liv Där hemma, far jag kan inte få upp min kokosnöten Inte till ens med nitroglycerin Nitroglycerin har du Till när jag hade laddat mycket omsorgsfullt och väl Bort att jag sprang och sen sa det pank Men nöten den är hel Far jag kan inte få upp min kokonöt För jag behärskar ej någon sprängteknik Vårt lilla hus om du ser Står där inte mer Det är bara kokosnöt Mina dörsar till bara Kokosnöt är som inte I absolutely love it, especially when he says um, that thing in Swedish. That was uh, Povel Rommel, P-O-V-E-L-R-A-M-E-L, and that is... I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts, or to be more inaccurate, let me see if I can pronounce this. I'm going to butcher it. Where Where is it now? Okay, I can't... Okay, here we go. Faryag kan inte fe up min kokosnut. Exactly. This is by Povel Rommel. This was recorded in 1950. This guy's kind of like the Swedish Spike Jones, and goodness knows we need one of those in these troubled times. It's Pandora's Lunchbox, and it's a show about coconuts today. First of all, this is very important. I just found this out from Playbill, the hallowed magazine on Broadway. Spamalot creates a coconut orchestra with 1,199 knights and peasants. This is again from Playbill. In one of the most unusual publicity stunts in recent Broadway history, recent Broadway, Monty Python's Spamalot celebrated its first anniversary on Broadway with a giant clop-clop by setting the Guinness world record for the world's largest coconut orchestra. Approximately 1,191 fans, again, that's approximately 1,199 fans, packed Schubert Alley on Wednesday afternoon, March 22nd, to bang complimentary pairs of coconut halves together to the tune of the familiar Monty Python anthem, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. Guinness world record official Stuart Claxton was on hand to certify that the world record had officially been set. Final confirmation of the official number will occur at a later date. In Spamalot, the character of Patsy bangs a pair of coconut halves together in order to in order to imitate the sound of a horse galloping for King Arthur. The coconuts are also used as a means of instrumentation in many of the show's musical numbers. Official sets of Spamalot coconut halves are also available for purchase at the Schubert Theatre lobby. I'm afraid I can't tell you how much that is because of FCC regulations, but nevertheless, the Spamalot website advertises them with the following description. Don't own a horse? 
turn any friend or relative into your own galloping sidekick with these coconut halves, or just ride around like the knights of the round table in the privacy of your own home. Genuine coconut halves, instructions included, no assembly required. It, again, this is very heartening in these troubled times that we're in, that Spamalot has created a coconut orchestra with approximately 1,199 knights and peasants in it. And it's confirmed Guinness Book of World's Records. So, also in coconut news, this is from the Scripps Howard News Service. All of these are very important and reputable folks. Uh, this is actually an article by Truman Taylor of the Providence Journal. This is an excerpt from that. At a hospital in Alotau in Papua New Guinea, they don't get many stressed-out businessmen who've had heart attacks running for a plane but they do get a lot of people who've been hurt by falling coconuts. In fact, 2.5% of the trauma admissions at the hospital were caused by falling coconuts, according to a four-year review. It's not known how many other people are struck by coconuts, but fail to report it. Can you imagine the embarrassment? Hospitals are few and far between in Papua New Guinea. Anyway, if you live in Papua New Guinea, you must always be looking up as you walk around, since coconut palms are all over the place. They cause the locals a lot of stress. Even in very rich Naples, Florida, falling coconuts are a big concern. They've had to pass a city ordinance that says, Falling coconuts are an act of God. And as such, if one clobbers you, you can't sue the city of Naples. This month, city workers are busy pruning the coconut trees in Naples' high traffic areas where a lot of cars and some people get hit by falling coconuts. It's just not funny, people. Coconuts are dangerous. You just shouldn't come near them. If you see one, just walk away from it. If if you if one, if you're cornered by one, just just talk to it and just try to calm it down because coconuts are insane and neither am I. This is Pandora's lunchbox and we're going to hear another song about coconuts and also, in mention of that uh, ordinance in, in Naples, Florida, there's another ordinance in New Orleans regarding coconuts that we're going to hear about in just a moment. But first of all, Adrian Ballou.
That's Adrian Blue and Coconuts from his album Mr. Music Head. And at first I was kind of concerned that the lyrics wouldn't be very clear because he's singing in the, you know, rock and roll language that the youth sing in, you know, <laughs> which uh, is about as indecipherable sometimes as the Swedish we heard earlier to those of us who don't speak Swedish and who are thusly uh, philistinable. But nonetheless, that is Coconuts by... Adrian Ballou, this is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's a show about food. And I want to mention again that next week we're going to talk to the chef and part owner of Pilar's Cafe on State Street. In the meantime, it's all coconuts all the time. The history of coconuts. This is interesting. Fossil coconuts have been found as far apart as India and New Zealand. Wild coconut seeds germinate even after floating on ocean currents for three to four months traveling long distances. Because of this, natural dispersal in the Indo-Pacific probably took place long before domestication started. This is from plantcultures.org.uk. But perhaps more importantly, the role of coconuts in New Orleans in Mardi Gras. Now, I realize Mardi Gras is over, but... Really? Coconuts? Now, I just got to tell you. Now, now, one of the major parts of Mardi Gras in New Orleans are the social aid and pleasure clubs. And this is from the Greater New Orleans Community Data Center website. One of the more famous social aid and pleasure clubs in New Orleans is the Zulu Social Aid and Pleasure Club. Its activities are focused on the Treme neighborhood. The Zulu crew began parading and handing out their signature coconuts on Mardi Gras in 1910. Shortly after World War II, the Zulus were the first crew, that's spelled K-R-E-W-E, crew, to have a celebrity as a king, the world-famous jazz musician Louis Armstrong. When Mr. Armstrong appeared in Time magazine shortly thereafter, the nation's attention was refocused on New Orleans and its Mardi Gras celebrations. Now, this is interesting. This is from NewOrleansOnline.com. Of all the throws to rain down from the many floats in the parades during Carnival, the Zulu coconut or golden nugget is the most sought after. The earliest reference to the coconut appears to be around 1910, when the coconuts were given from the floats in their natural hairy state. Some years later, there is a reference to Lucas, the sign painter, scraping and painting the coconuts. This, in all likelihood, was the forerunner to the beautifully decorated coconuts we see today. Just as everything else in Zulu history, the coconut is not without controversy, however. With the proliferation of lawsuits from people alleging injury from thrown coconuts, the organization was unable to get insurance coverage in 1987. So that year, the time-honored tradition was suspended. After much lobbying, the Louisiana legislature passed B-188, aptly dubbed the Coconut Bill, which excluded the coconut from liability for alleged injuries arising from the coconuts handed from the floats. And it continues on, because this news item from last year from the New Orleans Times-Picayune, this is from March 2005. Christy Sneed, the daughter... Oh, actually, we should get some coconut music here. Let me just uh, get that going here. Hold on, here we go. Here we go. This will be just a minute. Let me just set this up here. Brought up all the coconut, he bought it for the time. His sister had another one, she paid it for the line. She put the lime in the coconut, she drank and poured up. She put the lime in the coconut, she drank Okay, we're set. Christy Sneed, the daughter of Jeffrey and Cassandra Sneed of New Orleans, was watching the 2004 Zulu Parade from the viewing stand on the riverside of St. Charles Avenue at Gallier Hill, according to the lawsuit, when she was hit without warning in her head by a Zulu coconut. Sneed was looking away when an unidentified rider threw the coconut from float number 27. A lawsuit says she sustained head injuries, two black eyes, and headaches, for which she has received medical treatment. The plaintiff's parents say the coconut was thrown from an unsafe distance. The lawsuit seeks unspecified damages for physical pain and suffering, as well as future emotional and mental anguish. Now, talking again about the... Hold on. 
needs a doctor. I think you start hearing voices when you have coconuts aimed directly at your head, and nevertheless, I think that's what's happening here. Now, this is information from the coconut law, the coconut bill. The law says any person who is attending or participating in one of the organized parades or floats assumes the risk of being struck by any missile whatsoever which has been traditionally thrown, tossed, or hurled by members of the crew or organization. So, will this preclude war? If there's a missile coming down in New Orleans and you're hit by one, it would probably be covered under the coconut bill. Such items include... Oh, let's, here's this more specific. Such items include beads, cups, coconuts, and doubloons, unless said loss or damage was caused by the deliberate and wanton act of gross... Hello, this is reading law language is tough. Unless said loss or damage is caused by the deliberate and wanton act or gross negligence of said crew or organization. So what we're saying is coconuts. I want to take a moment to talk about something that's in the studio with me. I want you to look closely at your radio. Just look at the radio and see if you can recognize what this is. Here, let me make uh, some sounds on it here. Let me, uh... No, no idea? Maybe you need a clue, perhaps, what it is, what it looks like. Uh, okay. The coconut grinder. I haven't... This is a coconut grinder. It's a piece of wood. It's about a foot and a half long and about seven inches wide. And attached to this piece of wood, which is painted red, a dark red, is... Hold on a second. uh, Nilsson's having a little bit of trouble here. Somebody help her. She's been hit by a coconut. Oh, my God. It's a coconut missile. Sorry. But uh, the coconut grinder, nonetheless... We have this piece of wood, which is attached to a piece of metal. The metal is long and thin, and it starts to twist around. And at that point, it overhangs from the wood. And at the end, it's circular, and it has a serrated edge. And it's really, really rusty. And I didn't know what this was, but I got it at a garage sale. It is a coconut grinder. You take this thing, and you put it between your knees, and you just shove down, 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 down with a coconut grinder until you break the coconut, and you can carve all of the coconut meat out of it. Unfortunately, however, uh, this one's really rusty, so it's not something I would actually want to eat. But I did look up for your edification about uh, some coconut grinders. There's uh, more information about coconut grinders in case you need to know. There are a few options out there if you want one. Uh, the Wiltstone House and Garden, uh, they have a website, Wiltstone, sorry, dot com. Sorry, guys. The coconut grinder, they have a South Indian granite coconut grinder for 120 pounds. Oh, should I have given you the price? Okay, you didn't hear that price. Okay, this is a South Indian granite coconut grinder, and it looks a lot like the kind of bread grinder or the kind of grinder you, you would use to, to ground flour. It's a flat surface with a, with almost like a rolling pin type of granite thing, and you, you grind the, the coconut that way. It's very different from this sharp and dangerous object here in the studio. Another possibility is from this company, the world-famous Henan Double Elephants Machinery Company out of China. Again, that's the Henan Double Elephants Machinery Company. And they have a coconut grinder, which you can look up at made-in-china.com. And this is, says, coconut grinder, product category, machinery, abrasive, and grinding. The product description here, it says, suitable for crushing the coconut meat into pieces alike wheat size. 
Okay, so the coconut grinder here has dimensions of 1,000 by 950 by 1,520 millimeters. It's powered by 3 to 4 kilowatt motor or a diesel engine of 6 to 8 horsepower. Speed of the motor is 1,440 RPM, sorry, and it weighs 120 kilograms. And it grinds coconuts like you would not believe. So that's available on that website. Now let's just take a quick moment here to cover some non-coconut news because, oddly enough, there is a lot of things going on. Is There is a lot of things that's going on not related to coconuts. This is actually possibly serious and thought-provoking. The Michigan State Legislature, this is from the Associated Press, the Michigan State Legislature has been working on a bill that would stop local governments from regulating genetically modified crops. It all started in California, where five counties and cities have restricted farmers from growing genetically modified crops since 2004. Fourteen states have since passed laws stopping similar measures from being adopted. They've been prodded by large seed companies, really, and an increasing number of farmers who plant genetically engineered products. The Michigan State Senate passed a bill that would have stopped local governments from adopting ordinances that regulate or ban the planting of genetically modified organisms, or GMOs. This week, the State House passed a version of the bill that has an exception. It says local governments would be allowed to ban seeds if they find that the seeds will hurt the environment or public health, and if the Bipartisan Commission of Agriculture agrees. Also, the State Agriculture Department would have to hold a public hearing and issue an opinion on whether environmental or public health effects will occur. The legislation now heads back to the GOP-controlled Senate. It's all about whether it's okay for local governments to regulate the use of genetically modified organisms, and it looks like there's trying to be a stop put to that in the state of Michigan. Just so you know, keep up with that one. It's interesting news. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and here's some more tropical fruit. When I'm picking beets, dear, or Rooney, that's when my heart beats for you. When I'm picking blueberries, old Vouty, that's when I feel so blue for you. When I'm picking those onions, that's the only time I cry for you. But when banana skins are falling, baby, I'll come sliding back to you. Catch up with you 
Slim Gaylord, and when banana skins are falling, and it's so true, it's I will come sliding back to you, you out there, anytime. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike for half an hour, and we're just wrapping up here a show about coconuts. Again, next week, we're going to talk to uh, to Sylvia of Pilar's Cafe and Catering about her Salvadoran food and new restaurant. In the meantime, just a few more uh, thoughts about coconuts. If you're looking for coconut items in Michigan, they're out there. If you just spend maybe 6 to 12 hours a night looking for them, you can find them on the web. I found that the MDEN, the University of Michigan shop, sells a doormat that has the block M on it, and it's made from coconut husks. And you can buy that, as a matter of fact, at the M-Den. And you can step on it and uh, fancy yourself getting rid of the Diag M curse, if you want, if that makes you satisfied. Also, in Frankenmuth, where, where there's pre- pretty much everything you want in Frankenmuth, Michigan, there is a Frankenmuth gallery that has a certain statue you can find on the web. This statue, called Darwin's Mistake, has a monkey sitting on some books and with his hand on his chin looking at what looks like a coconut. And here is the poem that is included with that. This is to take away with you. Three monkeys sat in a coconut tree, discussing things as they as they're said to be. Said one to the others, now listen you two, there's a certain rumor that can't be true, that man descended from our noble race, that very idea is a disgrace. No monkey ever deserted his wife, starved her babies, or ruined her life. And another thing you will never see, a monk build a fence around a coconut tree and let the coconuts go to waste, forbidding all other monks to taste. If I put a fence around this tree, starvation would force you to steal from me. Here's another thing a monk won't do. Go out at night and get on a stew and use a gun or club or knife to take some other monkey's life. Yes, man descended, the ornery cuss, but brother, he didn't descend from us. I was trying to hit the... There, that's... Didn't descend from us. That's what I meant to do quite creepy and strange, but that's um, available at the Frankenmuth Gallery is a little statue called Darwin's Mistake, which has those deep and thoughtful words on them. Well, now, look who's come here. This is Jim Dwyer, who has come here to help us face the music, uh, and he's going to be on the air in just a few minutes. But I've been Mike, and I want to say that again, because I still am, and thank you for listening. We're going to round this out here with a recording that I discovered last week, and my life has never been the same since that week ago. This is the Soul Setters, and this is Cecil the Unwanted French Fry. Yes, this is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Hello there! I'm a Cecil, and I'm the Unwanted French Fry. I'll hurt, oh, I'll hurt my buddy singer. Starting to dry. I'm a sizzle, chickadee, the 
gonna want it. French fries. <laughs> you know, not too long ago, as I laid in the potato pads up north, I always dream of the day when I would be cut up and fried into a golden brown French fry. And I dream of the big city with the bright lights, and I'd lay in a golden pan under a nice hot little old light, just waiting for somebody to come along and eat. But instead, I got stuck out here in this old, dilapidated, run-down hamburger stand, where heaven knows who goes by, and nobody around here seems to like French fries. I've been here about three and a half hours, and this owner is too cheap to buy a twenty-watt bulb to put onto me, so I can keep warm. You know. I got a cousin who went up to the city, and I can just bet you that he's alive in a nice golden pan, along with all my other relatives, just a tanning himself to old and brown. And people are just angering for, for just a little old bite of him. While I'm sitting here all cold and hard, and just wondering what's going to become of me. You know it's an awful thing when you're all alone, when nobody cares whether you stay or go. I only wish that somebody would come and order me, take me in their hand, put me up to their teeth, and bite into me and say, "Is that French fry good?" Instead, I guess I just get thrown out like all the others. Well, I didn't get to be what I wanted to be, but I guess that's the way it goes with French fries and with everything else. So if you're not what you want to be, try to make the best of it, of what you are. I gotta go now, but remember, if you ever go and you see an old brown broken up French fry. Trying to keep myself warm. That'll be me, Chickadee, Old Caesar. Order me, take me home. I sure will be good to you when you bite in. Well, I gotta go now, so don't forget. I'm a Caesar. Young wanted, young wanted princess. Oh yeah, I'm a Caesar. I'm Cecil, the unwanted Frenchie. Ooh.